Hey everyone, it's Erica and Christian Raphael, and we'd like to welcome you to our backpack, the podcast where we give you the tools to support your personal and professional journey. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of our backpack. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. (laughs) Don't know where Christian is getting this from, but... (laughs) It's in a bottle. I'll sell it on our website. (laughs) And I'll gladly buy it for his enthusiasm. Um, You know, we're really excited to be with you all this week. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I've been trying to take it easy. I've been thinking about... uh, But one of the things I have been thinking about... Um, on our website is we have some of our favorite quotes and mine is mm-hmm. every day is a new adventure and Christian's yours is no pressure no diamonds yes so I thought we'd go in <laughs> <laughs> so I thought we'd explain a little bit about why those are our quotes yeah absolutely so every day is a new adventure is something I actually came up with in high school and I don't even know if I made it up maybe I heard it somewhere I mean it's very basic but it's also like really true and I think it just gets me excited for the day because I'm like, you know what? Today's going to be a good day. Today's going to take me somewhere. Um, it'll be an adventure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm going to position my outlook to see it like that. Mm, mm-hmm. That's good. Mine oh, is... fun fact. It was the quote in my high school yearbook as well. Like for you or for the overall yearbook? Oh, no, for me. Good for you. Good for you. I can't remember what I wrote in my yearbook. <laughs> but so no pressure, no diamonds. It originally started. So I was in a fraternity. And one of my fraternity brothers used to say it all the time for like working out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, I wish I worked out so I can use that quote all the time. But then I started working. And then one time it just came to my mind. I said, oh, no pressure, no diamonds. And it really stuck with people. Like the idea of having to go through, pres- through high pressure and in intense situations to refine your skills and to come up at the end a better version of who you are. So, no pressure, no diamonds. Nice. Yeah. And it's interesting because even I think our quotes kind of talk to what our episode's about today and Mm -hmm. how do you leverage both of those quotes at the same time. So, today's episode is, yes, you should take the day off. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And so, for this episode, we wanted to think about the ways of how does culturally does someone take the day off and it sounds so simple just take the day off but there are actually people who struggle with taking time away from work but and then there are also people who take time away from work all the time so how do you find a balance you know it has been a very interesting time um and before i get into like how covid has impacted me and my work schedule uh me and christian were having dinner um shortly after christian moved and i was just like yeah, like, how's, like, being in your new place? And Christian was like, I think I'm going to take three days off. And I was like, yeah, you should totally take three days off. Yeah! And then Christian goes, I think I'm just going to take off in the afternoon. I was like, what? <laughs> like, here I am, like, pumping you up to take these three days off. Like, I personally felt offended. Like, was I not enthusiastic enough? But this topic about rest, mm-hmm. um, especially in higher ed, is, like, super important. Mm-hmm. Me and Christian used to be um, resident directors. And if you've ever been an RD before, you know your job is basically to answer this question, I need help. (laughs) Because at every turn, somebody needs help. Whether it be one of your students, on your RA team, 
whether it be your grad assistant, whether it be a random student in the hall, whether it be your supervisor, everybody needs help. And unfortunately, you are the person Mm -hmm. that everyone needs. And I say unfortunately is because that's how I began to feel (laughs) towards the end of my term, like as an RD. I felt like rest was super hard, especially because I lived where I worked. Mm -hmm. And you know, Mm -hmm. my door didn't have my name on it, but my students found me. And Mm -hmm. one time this girl knocked on my door at 12 a.m looking for toilet tissue and I was like yo sis <laughs> yo she looked at me I looked at her I was like is it an emergency she was like no we just ran out of toilet tissue I was like that is not why you knock on my door at 12 a.m. on a Friday night yeah and, I, <laughs> and part of that was just like redirecting her mm-hmm. now some people I know we used to have people that worked in my department who would have been like Erica do you think you could have handled that differently and me was like no I don't boundaries <laughs> Yes, keyword, boundaries. But there are really some people in our field, especially mm-hmm. in housing and residence life, who believe it is their job to sacrifice their well-being for the students to succeed and for their supervisors mm-hmm. to succeed. And so taking rest in that department specifically can feel mm-hmm. like you are betraying the very nature of your role. Mm-hmm. It's like, how dare I put myself first? How dare I think about me? Mm-hmm. How dare I say and be real one day? I don't feel like showing up for my students today okay. and having mm-hmm. them ask me for help. Um, this is not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when you are in like a field where you are required to like give and give, um, mm-hmm. how do you create boundaries in the workplace? And how do you tell mm-hmm. yourself it's okay to say no? Absolutely. And so with today's episode, what we're going to do is break this up into three parts. And so the first part is understand how your company department organization institution or unit feels about rest it's important for you to understand what is the culture around rest and what rest looks like for you as a human being but then also the perception of others then we're going to break it down to part two which is understanding how rest shows up in your life and what self-care looks like for you as an individual and what we mean by this is the way i engage in self-care is going to look I know it looks drastically different than the way Erica engages in self-care. And it's important for you as a human being to understand how do you feel re-energized, right? At the end of the day or on a weekend, mm-hmm. right? Filling the bucket that, filling you need to fill your bucket before you fill other people's buckets. And then we're gonna close it out with understanding how to take rest and still have your team have faith in you. So there is this perception, and Erica, you already alluded to it, about how sometimes in higher ed and student affairs, you know, we're seeing that we have to drop everything for everyone. And sure, that there are times where we have to do that. But then there are also times where we may have a scheduled vacation and a scheduled wedding or even a commitment that you have to take time away from serving others. How do you do that in a way that is still, one, responsible, right? So ensuring that all your tasks are completed, but then two, where people are aware and given heads notice um, to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. So Erica, yeah. take it away. So now that we've been working from home, work life balance has become hard for me. Mm-hmm. So full disclosure, I no longer wanted to work on campus anymore because I wanted more work life balance. And it's not that I had a problem closing my door. It's like I said, people had no problem finding me. <laughs> So I needed to get a place where I just knew I could be away. Mm-hmm. Then the vid hit. And let me tell you. Miss Rona. <laughs> or the Rona. 
the Rona, Miss Rona, however you're feeling like, hit. And that meant I had to start working at home. And that meant the stress of the office began to follow me there. Very uncomfortable for me, very uncomfortable for me because I do not want to see my apartment that I now pay rent for being, being an extension of the office. And so luckily for me at this point in my life, I feel more comfortable with boundaries and telling people no. Mm-hmm. And so my team right now, it's me, a team of one as a professional staff, and I have a couple of students. My students are great though. Um, they're really awesome. I'm glad I hired all of them. Glad I made those decisions with my previous colleague. Miss mm-hmm. them dearly. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm really glad I have the people um, working for me and that we can all be a team together. Uh, but Full disclosure, since I work in marketing and right now everything is online, it's like everybody needs help from the marketing team. And it's not Mm -hmm. just my marketing team, but also the other marketing team I sit on for the division. And what I noticed was is I'm on a team of like overachievers and I'm used to being on a team of overachievers. Like even when I worked in, um, when I was working with some of the other people in housing, I recognized that they could work longer times than me. And it's not that I didn't work as hard as them. I just worked very different. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in a team of overachievers and people who don't mind working over hours and crunching and grinding and going home and continuously no doing pressure, work, no when you're like, hey, I'm going to take a 10 minute break, you look like a psycho. Like people are just like, you want to stop? Erica, you don't want to do 10 interviews back to back to back to just get them over with? And I'm like, no, I would, I would like to rest. Like, I'm, like people have really looked at me. That's why Christian's laughing because he knows, like, people have really looked at me like, like I am saying something out of the extraordinary. Like, you want to take a break and you expect us to do it too? This has been a trying time, y'all. That you can really be changing the culture because Mm -hmm. people are expecting you to overwork. Mm -hmm. Um, But even on that team and on that staff, like it is okay to say no. Mm -hmm. It's okay to advocate for yourself. And it's Mm -hmm. okay to let people know that you will be saying no. I am the only professional staff member in my unit in my department. And I let people know I only answer my emails at 10 a.m., 1 p.m., and 3 p.m. So don't try to text me, don't try to email me at the end of the day at 4.30 and think that Erica's gonna respond, because I'm not. And I let everyone know that. My supervisors know that. They're like, okay, that is when Erica is checking her email. Mm -hmm. Um, One time I was working in a project with one of my colleagues and I had to let her know, because I was making a video for the division. And I said, listen, the edits must be sent to me by 4 p.m. because I'm only making edits from 4 to five, I will be rendering the video from 4.30 mm-hmm. to five. And after that, that is it. I will see you all in the morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she responded, okay, Erica, I'll make sure that everyone gets their edits in because mm-hmm. she knows that rest is important to me and I will not work over the clock mm-hmm. because I need to create space for me to just be Erica in my own apartment. And what I think has like been awesome is like my supervisor has been rewarding us for taking self-care. And sometimes like at 5 p.m., she'll send us all an email that says, wrap it up, folks. Time to go home, even though right. most of us are home. <laughs> but I think it's really nice that she does that. Um, and she encourages us to like take care of ourselves. Right. And one meeting that we had, um, somebody on the team was like, I get my to-do list done every day. Everyone's like, how are you doing that? She's like, I only put two things on my to-do list every day. <laughs> That's clever. That's a good she was one. like, she was like, can't go over if there's not much to do. <laughs> and the crazy, my supervisor was like, wow, 
that is such an innovative idea. <laughs> Maybe I should do the same thing too. Because completing your to-do list mm-hmm. when it's manageable gives you more motivation and mm-hmm. more encouragement to just start again the next day. And like I'm one of those people that just loves to like check things off the list and just X things out and that definitely motivates me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and one of the things you need to prepare yourself for if you're a person that likes to take rest is for people to say, why are they on leave so much? Yeah. So Eric and I are different <laughs> people. We're very similar, but we're also very different. And yeah. so Eric, I have to give snaps and recognition to Erica because one of my weaknesses is n- not taking time for myself. Mm-hmm. I would rather burn, crash, and let there be fireworks with glitter um, before I even take a break to stop. And where Erica, I think, has great strengths is still being able to do the work and still recognizing that sh- she can rest in between the work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to this point of recognizing when you hear someone, why they're on leave so much, like I, I fully acknowledge I have been someone who's done that before. And mm-hmm. for me, I have, I've had to check myself to recognize that just because I don't use my leave time doesn't mean that I need to dictate how others use their leave time. Yeah. We just ended the physical cycle and then my, <laughs> I told myself never again, I had over 200 hours of leave that I did not use and I lost. And I, I sit here and say, why did I not engage in more leave time? And I think that's because I have either established a idea or identity around it is bad to take leave time mm-hmm. and or people are going to make assumptions of what is Christian doing if he's on leave. And so I've had to recognize and realize, you know, I was part of the problem. I'm part of the culture that, you know, your work identity can't be your whole identity. And so, yeah. Yeah. Like even when we're recording and we're like working on this podcast, (laughs) Christian will be like, let's go. And I'm like, Christian, I'm done with this meeting at seven. Just so you know, don't try to come up with a new topic. It's 642. (laughs) Erica will be checking out at 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Because our podcast planning day is um, on Thursday. And mm-hmm. sometimes that starts at 5 and sometimes it starts at 6. But that's after us having a full work day. Yeah. And so I'm like, listen, we have to have a timestamp. And what I've noticed is that Christian is really great at like following the timestamp. And if I'm like, I want to be done at this time, like Christian will make sure that we are done at this time. Well, I love hanging out with you, of course. <laughs> <laughs> But it is something I really appreciate because it's like it's nice to work with people that also can respect the boundaries that you're setting up uh-huh. without like taking it personal and not making it seem like you don't want to work on a project because that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so we're going to shift gears and talk about understanding how rest shows up in your life and what self-care looks like for you. And before this recording, I told Erica, because we usually split which sections we're going to talk about and... You know, I, I was honest and said, hey, I'm, I can't talk about self-care because I'm not good at it. I, I'm really not. There are moments where I, I am good at it, where I'm like, I'm going to just take this weekend and just like play video games, hang out with friends, you know, drink a bottle of wine with others. Um, but I, I don't engage in self-care the way I should, that I think I should. And so, um, Erica, why don't you start us off in talking about the empty cup? Reminder, one of my favorite quotes, you can't pour from an empty cup. Um, Real simple. If you don't have enough within you, you can't give anything out. And 
you'll just tire yourself out. And one of the things you'll notice is when you pour from an empty cup and you give everything to you, whatever you've given to other people, they're going to take it and they're going to run with it. Mm -hmm. And you are most times like the person who is relying on yourself to refill your cup. It's like it's great if you have people around you to come and pour energy into you, but mostly it's just you like refilling yourself. And Mm -hmm. when you show up for yourself, you're in a better space to like show up for other people mm-hmm. and you can give to other people genuinely without like begrudgingly doing it like oh my gosh I have to do this and I mm-hmm. have to do that you can give from a place of love rather than a place of deficit and it makes doing it um, it just makes doing it more fulfilling and yeah. it makes it a better experience for the people that you're helping and I think that's understanding like more so like what Christian was talking about it's like where do your identities lie and pouring energy into things that matter mm-hmm. most to you and as Christian like will say, like his work is a big part of his identity. But I begin to think that Christian is realizing that it's not his only identity. Yeah, um, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I've heard this from several of my mentors. And when I mean several, I don't mean like three or four. I mean like seven of them. They keep saying a good dissertation is one that gets done, mm-hmm. and. Now that I'm done with coursework, the time where I do my PhD work should be, I mean, the only time I really can do it is after hours, right? Because I'm working from 8.30 to 5.00. And so I think the one thing you have to also realize is we make time for the things we care about. And while the work identity is a huge identity for me, like networking, creating who I am as a person in higher ed and student affairs, that means a lot to me, and I will put that before a lot of things that probably I shouldn't put that before, but that's because it's a huge identity for me. But it's not my only identity, right? I am also a doctoral candidate, and I need to finish my dissertation, because if not, I'm going to be ABD forever, and that time was going to be lost and wasted, so... Hold on, can you tell me what ABD means, meaning me? Oh, absolutely, because don't forget <laughs> the first episode, acronyms. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> woo! Uh, all but dissertation. Oh. And so, if I don't make time to write for my dissertation, it's just not going to get done. And if it doesn't get done, then I'm not going to be Dr. Swero. So, while yes, my work identity is important, it's not the only identity I carry. And... You know, I shared this in the last episode. I'm single. I'm independent. But who knows? Maybe I'll be in a relationship. And maybe I'll have a kid. Or several. And so recognizing that while work is an important identity, there might be other several factors that I need to give attention and focus to that require me to put work on the side to embrace and empower my other aspects of my life. Yeah. And I think there was a point in time, like, that even segues to our next section of, like, having boundaries in the workspace where you had to begin to speak to some of your supervisors about you not being able to do as much work Mm. as you wanted to do like christian is really good at working hard um and and that might sound crazy to say but christian is really good at working hard and producing good work and when you do that um some people will appreciate that some Mm -hmm. people will try to take advantage of that and keep tapping you and asking Mm -hmm. you to do work because they see that you can manage like a full workload like how did you do that like, how did you approach, like, having those boundaries and letting people know that, yes, I'm a hard worker, but I also need to focus on other things? Yeah. It's going to sound <laughs> it's gonna sound crazy. Um, so when I was at Michigan State, I was, it was my senior year, fall semester, or sorry, spring semester, about to graduate. 
and I was not doing good in one of my classes and I was making every excuse in the book of mm-hmm. why I was not doing good. I was in a relationship, it did not go well, um, and I went to go meet my professor after the class end, ended, which I missed, and they came to, she was meeting with another professor, and I, and I, it pains me because I wish I knew her, I wish I would have asked for her name, but she must have knew there was something, like I was in distraught, and she said, do not give people, you are a tree, do not, do not keep giving your life to other people. Mm-hmm. And even though she didn't know nothing that was happening in my life. Like she never knew the relationship I was in, which was not a healthy relationship. Why I was missing class. Um, she wasn't even the professor that was teaching the class. She gave me that quote of just being mindful of the energy I put into things. And I use that example because that's how I've started recognizing my work life, right? That I, even though I may produce great work and even though I can manage and even take time after the work hours to do the work and make sure it gets done that does not mean i dedicate my life and my energy to my department because i'm more than my department and the way i look at it in the reverse sense too is yes it's also me creating boundaries that i can't always be the person that everyone goes to but also think about the plant the tree that you're not nurturing right so if you're giving me all these opportunities quote-unquote opportunities (laughs) and tasks to do because you want me because you trust me to get it done you want me to get it done and you know that I will get it done to a certain Mm -hmm. level that is fine but when I'm the primary person to do that on a larger team I need to push back and say hey I'm at my cap and this is everything I'm doing there might be several other colleagues around me with the same title and this is their portfolio and what they're not doing I need you to start nurturing them I need you to start giving them that energy. I need you to start giving them tasks so they can learn and develop. Because if you become the primary and the sole person for a unit or for an area when there's two other yous and they're not getting anything, that means someone is not nurturing them and supporting them the way they should. Yeah. Took me a minute to get to that analogy, but <laughs> I hope you all understand. Uh, there was a point in time where in our department a couple of people were leaving and so we had a few um, buildings that didn't have resident directors and I remember my supervisor came to me like our our school was set up into neighborhoods and uh. I was in one neighborhood and there was an empty building in another neighborhood now mind you it wasn't far away it wasn't and they sat me down during our one-on-one. They were like, Eric, I'm just coming to you to ask you this. I have a feeling I know what you're going to say already. But do you think you would mind supervising this other building and the staff of nine to add to your staff of eight? Me. Absolutely not. I do not have the bandwidth for that. That's what I thought you were going to say, but they told me they should ask you anyway. I'm glad that you understand who I am as an employee. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I just could not do that. Yeah. And just so happens, like, there was a building that opened up with, like, um, one of my colleagues, also happened to be a friend, um, ended up leaving, and I ended up taking over her building and mm-hmm. working with her staff. But if I would have done that, I know I would have been working three buildings. Yeah. And that's exactly what would have been happening, because no one would have been like, oh, Erica, you can get rid of this building. I would have just had three buildings, and that would have been a staff yeah. of 20-something, like, probably, like, 27. And I was like, absolutely not. Um, it was enough work trying to filter things around in that space 
to manage all of our colleagues that were finding new jobs. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to put myself through that. I also had to have another conversation with my supervisor recently who asked me to do a task. And with everything on my plate, and even though I told her I had a busy plate at the beginning of the week, I had to let her know. I was like, yes, I do not have the bandwidth to do what you're asking me to do right now. Mm -hmm. And she was like, are you sure? I was like, I am positive. She's like, what well, do you think you could find somebody else on your team to do it? I'm like, nobody else on my team has the bandwidth either. But I can put together a team of other people that I know can do it. Mm -hmm. Because it shouldn't have been a project that only I was working on. And that becomes a thing, like, when you're going to push back and say that you would rather not do something, be able to offer an alternative mm -hmm. to getting the work done. Yes, that does yes. not include yourself. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> and, and this is one piece of advice, just for the nugget of the year. If you're ever gonna say something that does not make sense, if you're ever gonna say no to something, if you're gonna do what Erica just said in this example, always provide an alternative or a solution. Just don't say, no, no, nah, I'm good. Give in a solution or alternative so that way it opens up the opportunities. Now granted, I will always say this, is it your job and, and reason to always create pathways for people to understand how to find solutions? Not necessarily. But you, as a good employee, should always make sure that you're taking the responsibility and the actions to say, hey, I may not have the boundaries or the bandwidth to do this, but here's a solution like Erica did. Yeah. And that is how we're going to get into our next section of how to take risk, how to take rest and set boundaries and still have your team have faith in you and your leadership. Mm -hmm. And I think Christian does an excellent example of this, even when he does decide to take rest. Yes, because out of the <laughs> 200 hours that I lost, there were at least 30 that I actually used. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I, the first thing is, and Erica talked about this, right? So, she checks her emails at X, Y, and Z time, is establishing the boundaries of you and your role. So, I'm going to be very candid and say, we op people operate differently. There are night people, there are morning people, there are midday people. That is all great. And the reason why that is great is because if you're on a team where you have one of all three, all three of those people are gonna catch the emails at one point of the day. But if you're on specific teams, it's important to recognize and let people know when you're on. So for me, I wake up at three o'clock every morning, not by choice, it's by body. My body wakes me up. <laughs> I wish I could take a nap back, but I get a headache. So when I wake up at 3, do I go straight to work? No. I give myself an hour, probably play video games, reflect, run, I don't know. Uh, but then at 4, I dedicate that time to sending out emails. Now, I learned that there's certain online systems and emailing systems that you can send out your emails at a certain time. So that helps. But I think it's recognizing and letting people know when you will be sending out emails and when you won't be sending out emails. And depending on your role and title, you may not have a choice. I mean, I, in, the, like in a moment of crisis, you may need to respond to a crisis, mm -hmm. but on a day-to-day -day regular experience, when should people expect when you're on and when you're off, right? Yeah. The other thing is understanding uh, that if you're gonna take a day off, it's okay to do that, recognizing that the world will still go on even if there is a chaos. And what I mean by that is, raise your hand if you ever felt like 
if you take the day off, the world will end. Almost definitely, especially when you're a job where everyone needs you. It's just a state of student affairs. Like, uh-huh. someone is going to need something. The world is going to crumbling down. Someone's going to need email and access a PDF. And the 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 crazy part is, is that there have probably been times where we've taken day offs where people needed things and they were able to figure it out. Right? Most times people are able to figure it <laughs> they out. They are able to figure it out. They see that way message? <laughs> oh, okay, got it. I'll go to the next person. Yeah. And so it's recognizing your locus of control. So one, when it comes to not ensuring or ensuring that it doesn't feel like chaos is schedule if you can, right? If you're able to schedule your time away Schedule that ahead of time if possible and ensure that you're able to complete those tasks before you go on your leave. And when you go on your leave, appoint appoint a person of contact. So in my email, I always say, hey, I'm out of the office from this day to this date. If you're trying to look for someone, these are the options. And so that gives people an option and varieties of, okay, if Christian's out of the office and I need him right now, but he has his cell phone off, this is the person I need to go to. Yeah. So step one of taking the day off and not feeling like a chaos when you return is mapping out the logistics. If you're able to schedule ahead of time, make sure you put that on calendars that you're leaving. Um, take Do the tasks that you can complete before you leave. Make sure you put up your away message, but then also um, identify who's your point of contact. Yeah. And that will give you good exercise in like managing up, like in terms of like telling your supervisor um, any things that they should know or anything that they could possibly do. Because typically good supervisors will ask you if there's anything on your plate that they should be aware of that's pressing or any deadlines that will be due around that time. And then if you have a team, it's a great way to delegate tasks to your team and see how they work independently. And if there is someone else on your team that you see has great leadership skills to tap to them and mm-hmm. potentially make them one of the point of contact people as a way to give them the opportunity to engage in that work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then this is just most important. Um, how you spend your time is your choice, <laughs> but don't lie. <laughs> Especially don't lie in a way where people can, like, don't say, oh, I'm sick, and then people see you on the gram on a Um, yacht, okay? If you want want a day to yourself, you can have a day to yourself. uh Because the truth is, you don't have to tell people why you're taking off. You could just tell people, I'm not coming in today. Uh Um, That is your right. People don't have the right to be nosy up in your business and try to figure out why you're not coming into work Uh today. Uh If you don't want to be there, you don't want to be there. Um, don't make people try to pressure you into providing like all this information to say why you're not coming in. I know mm-hmm. some departments have this policy, like if you're like, oh, I unfortunately experienced a death in my family, you have to come in with um, a pamphlet from the mm-hmm. funeral. Um, but yeah, like it's okay to take a day off and not feel like you have to explain away mm-hmm. why you're not in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, right now I'm thinking about those two things mm-hmm. at the same time, right? So as Erica pointed out, it's important for you to take time for yourself, um, no matter what the situation may be. And as a peer and a colleague, it's a privilege, not my right, as a colleague to know why Erica's taking that time away. It may be her supervisor's responsibility to understand, but it's not my responsibility, right? right. So it's a, it's a privilege, not a right. But two, just make sure when you're taking time away, as Erica said, just be up 
if if you are going to use a reason why that it is the reason why right because <laughs> yeah. as we are working in student affairs or in other units um in other fields it sucks to find out that you did more work for a person for a reason that was not fully transparent and what i mean by that is as erica said don't say you're out sick and then you're t- doing a, f- a gargoyle on a keg um for those who don't know what a gargoyle is you can Google it. Uh, I'm one of those who can Google it. <laughs> it's when you stand on the keg and you just drink it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, and so, because that sucks, right? Yeah. But if Eric, but if someone were to just say, "Hey, I'm just gonna enjoy myself, take time away." Oh yeah, live your best life. But if you were to say, "Hey, I'm sick, can't come in the office," and then I see you gargoyling, gargoyling the keg, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what's happening?" Um, and I guess to just before we go over the three checkpoints again, just recognizing whatever you don't use for, for most institutions whatever you don't use you'll lose so only x amount of leave time leave time will roll over and as i shared with y'all i lost over 200 hours that's almost 200 how many hours are in a week google it's almost four weeks it's almost a little over weeks? four weeks oh my god wait no four times eight is 32 there's seven days in a week <laughs> that's a hundred so i almost i lost almost two weeks i believe that's only two weeks? Yeah, because 24 hours times seven. We had a pause to do a quick math. <laughs> yes, we recognize that eight divided by 200 specifically is 25 days. So that we had a pause real quick to do math. But <laughs> um, to go back to what we're saying, whatever you don't use, you'll lose. And so just be mindful of that. And when it comes to your HR benefits and you know, for for today's episode, again, it, it touches on these three areas of one, should you take the time off? Absolutely. And we encourage you to. Um, yeah. And, and, and if you don't, then you may experience burnout and crash and stress. And you, we don't want you to see the worst of yourself. Burning out when you were essential staff is not where it's at. Yeah. And it's not cute. <laughs> it's not cute at all. And so understand, one, how your company department feels about rest and the, the reason why we had to talk about this was it's important for you to go in knowing how others perceive others take time away it sounds weird right how will other think how do other people think about me taking time away that that really doesn't matter but it does matter in a sense of for you to always be aware that there might be some individuals that may perceive that a certain way and for you to always have that in your pocket um t- two is understanding what self-care looks like for you as an individual. And while Erica and I engage in self-care different, different, wow, words are hard, differently, it's important to understand one, how we fill our cups, two, what identities are important for us aside from the work identity, but three, also creating boundaries in that space. And lastly, it's when you're taking time away for yourself, and trying to create faith in your leadership and in you, how do you take time away successfully? So that's everything from establishing your boundaries of when you're on work time and when you're not, to when you decide to take time away, to planning out the logistics, ensuring that you're scheduling things ahead of time, completing tasks, making sure your way message is up, making sure you have a point of contact, Um, but also be honest with, be honest, with those who you need to be honest with how you're taking your time. Don't lie about what you're doing. 
Um, it's a privilege, not a right to understand what people are doing in their, during their time away. But at the end of the day, always remember that that time you're given through your benefits package is your time. Yeah. So thanks for joining us for another episode of Our Backpack. We hope that we gave you some tools today to take along in your journey. See you next week. Peace.